0: Amen. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for our young people. What a blessing it is. We thank God for each and every one of them. Today we're we're thankful once again to be back in the house of God and thankful for the blessing of knowing what His Word declares as far as salvation is concerned. You know, in the book of John, if you'll turn there with me for just a while today, we want to begin it. John chapter 16, and I'm going to start at verse 32, and we'll read down through John chapter 17, verse 1. And again, we're thankful that we have the radio audience with us. This is Brother John Lybrook, pastor of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church at Old Town. That's just the side of Greenham County, out of Carter County. You get to us by taking Route 1 or Route 7. We have a sign on either end of Laurel Road, giving you directions to the meeting house Known as Emmanuel, we're thankful that you've taken time also to tune in to WGOH to hear a portion of God's Word. The Word today is a Word that I pray will be beneficial to those that might be in this house who do not know the Lord's our Savior. I want you to think about a phrase that's mentioned here. We'll begin reading at verse 32 and just hear what Jesus Christ was having to say. It says, Behold, the hour cometh. I think it's one of the great things you need to get a hold of today. Jesus Christ was speaking of his death. He was speaking of his his atoning, sacrificial death on Calvary. Not only was he speaking about his death, but he was also speaking of his glorification. But I want you to know there's, there's other things that you need to consider here today. Behold, the hour cometh. Now... The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that there's an appointed time for each and every one of us to die. Who knows what that time is for you? But know this: Behold, the hour cometh. Think about that for just a while today. Behold, it is now come that ye shall be scattered. Every man to his own and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. The hour is come. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, once again as we bow before your throne, we do so with thankful hearts. We thank you, dear God, that you saved us by your marvelous grace You performed a a miracle in our lives spiritually. One day soon, that miracle will be performed upon our physical bodies as well. Lord, I just pray today that if there be those in our house who do not know the Savior, dear God, I'm praying that this might be the hour which you perform a miracle in the life of the dead sinner. Lord, that you would bring him to life and understanding of thy word. You would impart unto them the gift of faith, something that we are vacant of, but yet there's a gift that's offered to mankind today, the gift of thy precious Son. And Father, I pray that the special gift of faith may be imparted to the unbeliever. Lord, that they may come to an understanding. They may see themselves as you see them. Lord, that they may understand, behold, the hour cometh, and even now is, for today is the day of salvation. We are not promised tomorrow, God, and I pray that you will Make the unsaved wise unto these thoughts, Lord, that you may save them by your marvelous grace. Lord, I pray that you bless the word today, give me freedom of speech and power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that you touch the ears of every hearer, whether they be in this house, whether they be in radio land or in sermon audio land, wherever they are around this world today, I pray, O God that you would touch. You would cause us that are saved, Lord, to rejoice. For the hour did come for us, the hour of thine own choosing, the hour, O oh God, that you saved us. And Lord, for those who are here without thee, I pray that this may be the hour that you bring salvation to their souls. Lord, bless us. I pray, dear God, that you would forgive us our sin in Jesus Christ's name and amen. Behold, the hour cometh. Emmanuel to our visiting friends, as we look at this reading, just what was Jesus Christ speaking of? Behold, the hour cometh. What hour was the statement concerning? God's holy word is about to open up to us a multi-level event which has and will continue to change lives and destinations of all who will take heed to the words mentioned here by Jesus Christ himself. As we hear the sermon titled, Behold the hour cometh, you may ask, what hour are you speaking of? What hour are you considering this hour. First of all, it was the hour of true loneliness. Jesus Christ stated in, in verse 32 of, of chapter 16 that they were going to leave him alone. They were going to leave him to be by himself. They were filled with fear and they was afraid to come around the throne or around the cross of Calvary. They were even afraid to to go to the, the the court the court hearings that Jesus Christ was forced to go into in a mockery way. Folks, I want you to know something. It's a sad thing when a person is left all alone. We look at this world today and we see people just like that people who are alone. They're sad and they're, 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 they're beat down and it seems like that all, all their hope is gone. But you know as I look at Jesus Christ and even though he was all alone, I want you to know that his hope was all in his heavenly father. Even here in this instance where he was telling his disciples that they were all going to be scattered and they were going to leave him to be by himself, he said, but I am not alone. My father is with me. But you know what? That wasn't for all, for the whole the whole time that he was going to be at the cross of Calvary. There's going to be a time when even his father would turn his back upon his only son. Now, even though his father was by him let me tell you something, to have your, to have the Father, the, the the very one that you adored, to turn his back upon him had to be a, a time a, a time that was just completely heart wrenching. As a matter of fact, the Bible's very plain about what Jesus Christ said, and we'll go to that in just a moment. But I want you to think about it. As he looked up to heaven, as he hung on the cross of Calvary, in his moment of pure and true loneliness. He cried out a cry. Here Jesus was. Now, I was stating that he was alone. But yet, all of his enemies were surrounding him at the cross of Calvary. The scriptures say of Jesus Christ that the bulls of Bashan were looking up upon him. And what he was talking about was the religious leaders that were there. Those that should have had his back. They actually had his back, so much so that they allowed a spear to go into his side. Folks, I want you to know something. It's a sad place to be when you know that you're really all alone in the world. When, you, when you're in a place where you think that you would have support, and, and all that support is, is, is actually only a farce, it is not there. You would think that the religious leaders of that time would have, would have seen Jesus Christ. And, and even today in the world in which we live, there's all kinds of different religions and they're all pointing to a Savior. But listen, there's only one Savior. There's only one. His true hour of loneliness had come. That was the hour that he was speaking of here to begin with. His hour of loneliness the apostles, Jesus, as, as a matter of fact uh, the, the apostle Peter would, would would defend Jesus Christ even with the sword so much so that he would take off the ear of the high priest I want you to think about that now for just a moment here was a man who, who, who really and truly uh, 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 loved the Savior Amen. he loved him and yet the Bible is going to show us here that even though this man was a, was a dear friend of Jesus Christ, he also kind of hid back in the dark spot. Think about it. The apostle Peter was truly a friend of Jesus as well as all the apostles and disciples of the Lord. But notice what Peter done Peter denied the Lord Jesus Christ back in the book of Matthew if you will go back for just a moment and notice what it says in chapter 26 chapter 26 beginning at verse 31 and notice what it says here as as here is what Jesus Christ was speaking to Peter and Peter was saying you know what I will go and I will die for you I will do anything to protect you and what did Jesus tell him? Jesus saith unto them, All oh, ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad, but after I am risen I will come before you and go into Galilee. And Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Peter had Peter had the right words. He had the right idea, didn't he? I mean, a lot of times we'll, we will say things and, and, but when it comes right down to it, you know what? Sometimes our minds change, don't they? Peter's did too that night. When Peter looked and saw the force and Peter looked and he realized uh, uh, the consequence of what he was saying and what he was about to do, Peter recanted. He went back. And notice what it says here. Here. And Peter answered and said to him, Though all men shall be offended of thee because of thee, yet will I never be offended. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples, but you know what happened? Everlast one of them. They all left his side. They all walked away from Jesus that night. When they they came to Gethsemane and, and when they grabbed a hold of Jesus, let me tell you something, there was a lot of brave men stood up at that very moment, but listen, when it come right down to it, Jesus was left to be by himself. When he, was in, uh, when he was in before Pilate, when he was being before the Sanhedrin and all the other uh, courts that he had to go through that night before the next morning, he was all alone. He absolutely had nobody there with him. He had nobody to advocate on his behalf. Now again, you gotta listen, you gotta see this. The hour was come when he was gonna be all by himself. No one to speak on his behalf. You know what Jesus Christ does for us? Listen, in your moment when you feel like you're all alone, you need to remember something, that Jesus Christ is your advocate. Jesus Christ stands in your behalf. Listen, when you think that nobody else cares, when you think that you're all by yourself, listen, Jesus is there, and Jesus is there to advocate on your behalf. He went through the time of trouble of being alone. The hour had come to where he would be all alone. In verse sixty-nine, if you go on over here, the, you know, in these earlier scriptures here, you understand that that uh, uh, Peter was told, "This is what's going to happen." Now notice what did happen in verse 69. Now Peter sat without in the palace. He sat on the outside uh, uh, during the court session. during During the hearing, he sat on the outside. And a damsel came to him saying, Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all saying, I know not what thou sayest. Have you ever had a friend that you was hoping would stand up for you, that actually acted like they never knew you? You ever have somebody that, that, that you was counting on, that you was hoping without, without any delay they would come to your aid? Listen, Jesus Christ, when he was there, there wasn't nobody to come to his aid. As a matter of fact, Peter, here was a man that was closest to him. Here was a man that was able to reach out and do something about the situation. And what did he do? The Bible says that he denied his Lord. I couldn't imagine that. I mean, we've all been there. We've all had friends that would that would literally deny us as, as far as our friendships are concerned. We've all... Situations in our lives where we thought somebody was going to stand in for us, and yet they wouldn't. It's almost like they didn't know you. Been there, done that, haven't you? Been there and experienced that, and it's a, it's a, it, it's a letdown. It's a, it's a hard situation to be in. But I couldn't imagine the Savior who looked out upon the crowd and, and upon all the world that day and there was nobody, all of his followers. Listen, there were people that were saved under his ministry and the ministry of the disciples and the apostles. There were many people that were added in, in that time to, to his work. And listen, know this, that they all, they all stayed on the outside. As a matter of fact, the Bible states that even the women that were so close to him, the ones that ministered to him the most, where did the Bible say they were at? They were on the other hill on the other side watching from a distance. There he stood all alone. There he was, the Savior. There he was. And here the Bible says in verse 70 again, but he denied before them all saying, I know not what thou sayest, And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto him, Thou wert with this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. I mean, here the the Bible states that here was Peter and one that could have said something. He denied him with an oath even to his own hurt. Verse 73 says, and after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, surely thou art one of them for thy speech betrayeth thee. You know what? A lot of times people will, even though they've walked away from you, the actions, their feelings, their demeanor towards you as an individual shows that they really did care but they didn't stand with you. That's what happened here in this case. They said, man, your speech is betraying you. You're one of them guys. You're one of those individuals, aren't you? Then he began to curse and to swear. I mean, he began to do everything in his power to make sure that he was disconnected from Jesus. He didn't want anything to do with him at that time. And he did not want to be associated with Jesus. Can you imagine what Jesus was feeling that day? Can you just imagine for just a moment what Jesus Christ was going through as he looked at Peter and, and as, he, as, he, as Peter was, was swearing and he was trying to make himself look like, I don't know who this man is. He began to curse and swear saying, I know not the man. And immediately, the Bible says the cock crew And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and he wept bitterly. Folks, I want you to know something today that Jesus Christ was all alone at Calvary. The hour had come for him to spend his hour in loneliness. And in Luke chapter 22, the Bible says in verse 61, as Peter, as Peter had denied him the last time and the rooster had crowed, the Bible says, and the Lord turned and he looked upon Peter. Can you imagine that look? Can you imagine that time? Go back in your memory. You see your best friend. You see them that you're hoping's gonna take up for you. And they turn and walk away. And you're looking right at them saying, You could have helped me. Of course, we know Jesus wasn't about to receive the help to escape his 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 destiny. His destiny was to die for sinners. His destiny was to die upon an old rugged cross, being all alone. As a matter of fact, the Bible says he was, he was as, the, as the, the sacrificial lamb that was slain without the gate. In other words, on the outside of the city even, in an old place called Golgotha. Oh, what a savior. That even though he was in his moment of loneliness, When that rooster crowed, that last that that crow listened that last time that Peter denied him. The Bible says here in Luke that Jesus just looked upon him. I, I imagine his eyes pierced his heart because Peter Peter saw that look. He saw the hurt. He saw the heartache that Jesus Christ was going through. He saw what he had caused him to see. And listen, the Bible says Peter went out and he wept bitterly. It broke his heart to realize that he's the one that, that hurt him. He left him all alone. He left him all alone. Listen, these were the friends of Jesus Christ. These were the ones that were, were just, like, just like you and I that, that have friends all around us. And, and buddy, I'll tell you what, sometimes it seems like when you're in your, your, most, your most vulnerable position, it seems like everybody's gone at the same time, right? That's the way Jesus was that day. Go to the book of Matthew with me again in chapter 27. And notice something with me here. In Matthew 27, I get over here where I need to be in verse 55. The Bible speaks of these women. It talks about many women were there beholding afar off which followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering unto him. I mean, they went all the way with him, all the way to the hill before the cross, that is. They didn't, they didn't go all the way to the cross, did they? They were apart from him. They were afar off beholding all these scenes that were going on. When Jesus Christ was hanging on the cross of Calvary, he said the hour has come. It is the hour of his true loneliness. You know what made it so sad? It was the hour in which his father, who was there by him, turned his back upon his son. by his friends and followers. But at the same time, when he could have used companionship, even his father, who had always been there for his son, turned his back upon him. In verse 46 of Matthew, and chapter 27, the Bible says here, in about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, Lamai sabaknii. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He was all alone, my friend. He was all alone in that moment of darkness. As a matter of fact, the Bible speaks about the, from the sixth hour on, there was darkness over the, not just the whole land, but the whole earth was covered in darkness. God refused to allow the sun to shine upon his son that day. Think about it. His hour had come when he was to be left completely alone. The book of Amos, in chapter 8, in verses 8 through 10, I believe it is, speaks about that time when God said, I will not allow the sun to shine. Folks, it was a time of pure loneliness, a time that you and I have never experienced. Yes, we've experienced some times when it seemed like everybody left us. We've experienced episodes of of time when it seemed like, you know, everybody that could have defended us walked away from us. But nothing like Jesus Christ experienced that day. Think about it. What an awful place he must have been in. Now secondly, I want you to know, the Bible says when we read the hour cometh, what hour was he talking about? It was the hour to die his sacrificial death for you and I. John 16 and 33, notice what it says here. John 16 and verse 33, the Bible states this, now get a hold of this. In verse 33, these things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Now I want to stop right there for just a moment. This tribulation Christ was speaking of here was the moment of his sacrificial death for lost sinners such as you and I that are here in this house today. Behold, the hour cometh. Yea, now is come, the Bible states, In Isaiah 53, verse 3 through 11, this prophecy uh, uh, Jesus applied to himself because it was all about him. There was coming a day when his sacrificial death that Isaiah spoke of was going to pay for the sins of all those whom God the Father had given him. Listen, I want you to know today that these scenes are real and they're happening and it was something that you have to associate with salvation because that's the only means by which today people are saved or yesteryear or days to come. In Luke 22 and 37, as I back up just a little bit, Luke 22 and 37... Listen, while, we're, while you're turning there, I do want to make mention of one thing. Brother Brennan is on his way to Florida. So I want you to pray for him, pray for that school trip. The Lord bless him and protect him. I was going to get that in before I got started, but I, I got started before I got it in. But I want you to pray for Brennan. the Lord bless him and get him back his way safely. But now I want you to look at Luke 22 with me. Notice again what it says in verse 37 here. Now think about this. For I say unto you that this that is written must yet be accomplished in me. And he was reckoned among the transgressors for the things concerning me have an end. I want you to stop right there now. Think about this. Isaiah spoke about this. The Bible states that he was numbered with the transgressors. He was was the one that was in the middle of those two thieves that were hanging on the cross of Calvary. Isaiah spoke about this. You know what he was there for? To pay your sin debt. This you can be saved today is trusting in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and him alone. Listen, there is no other way. We spoke on that the other night. I do believe on Wednesday night in our study in the book of Galatians. In chapter 1, verse 6 down through verse 10 talks about the fact that there's only one gospel. There are those in the world today that want to make you believe there's all kinds of gospels and all kinds of different ways, but there's only one way to heaven. It's through Jesus Christ and Him crucified, just exactly what we're studying over here today. Behold, the hour cometh behold the hour cometh the hour of his sacrificial death in Matthew 27 again we go back for just a little bit and I want you to look at this in Matthew 27 verses 45 to begin with look at this with me now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth there was three long hours there when Jesus Christ was completely all alone Even his father turns his back upon him when he cries out, Eli, Eli, lam I That was to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He was all alone to pay your sin debt. He was all alone to pay your, 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 uh, your sin. The Bible says in verse 51, and behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks did rent. Poor oh, sinner. Can't you even see just how he loved? He loved with a love which caused him to die in the sinner's place. I can't imagine that. I was talking to Brother Donnie a while ago and I was talking about the sins that we have that we have that we have had in our lives. You know, we're talking about the altar that we spoke of uh, this past Wednesday night you know when what the altar is really about it was about the sacrificial death of, a, of an animal it was about the shedding of blood that's the reason why today we don't have an altar in the, in the house of God because listen Jesus Christ put an end to the altar amen listen Jesus Christ put an end to the sacrificial offerings that were brought forth because he died unto sin once and for all he died for the salvation of lost sinners he shed his blood, and I, I began to think, you know, if I had, to, if I had to sacrifice for every sin that I've ever committed, they would be no more animals. I think about that, you know, and, and you know what he, what Brother Donnie said, and it just got a hold of me. If I was to have to sacrifice for every sin I've ever committed. This world will be a lot less animals in it. But I think about what Jesus Christ did once and for all. Amen. He done it once and for all. He died. The hour cometh and he died to make his atoning blood a covering for all who would come unto him. That atoning covering is there for you today. Today it is there, and it and it's for you to cover you and to and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness as far as God's eyes are concerned. Can't you even now see how much he loved you? He loved you enough that in John chapter fifteen I'm gonna think I'm gonna say thirteen, but I'm not positive, but I think it's thirteen where Jesus Christ, where he speaks about a friend loveth. And he dies for his friends. Let's get back here. I'm going to, have to, I'm going to have to read it because I messed it up. But I want you to look at this. In John chapter 15. Greater love hath no man than this. That a man would lay down his life for his friends. Now folks I want you to know something. That's what Jesus done for you. Today if you're here and you don't know the Lord is your Savior. That's what he done for you. He laid down his life That you might have life, and John 10 10 says that you might have it more abundantly. Oh, what a Savior. Amen. Oh, what a Savior. I love to sing that song. I wish I had the the, the words to it. I might try it one day. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, my friend, today the Savior came. His hour, His hour had come. The hour that He would shed His blood that you might have life and be forgiven of all your sins. The hour had come. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, what a friend. In John chapter 10, we'll back up just a little bit here while we're here close. In John chapter 10, the Bible states this, beginning of verse 7, Then Jesus saith unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. You know what that speaks of? Satisfaction. Listen, that's what happens at salvation. You're satisfied once and for all. Once and for all. Verse 17 and 18, the Bible says, Therefore doth my Father love me because I lay down my life for the sheep. Amen? That's what he came to do. His hour had come that he was going to lay down his life for the sheep. I ask you today, are you one of those little lost lambs? Are you one of those little lost lambs that the Bible speaks of? Listen, that Jesus Christ goes into the world and pulls them out to himself. Are you one of those little lambs? You are if even now the Lord's dealing with your heart. You're one of those little lambs. You're one of those little sheep that need to be saved and drawn in to back into the fold. Folks, I want you to know something. That's what Jesus done. The hour had come to where he was going to die to pay your sin debt. Therefore, in verse 17, doth my father love me because I lay down my life for the sheep. No man take it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. Listen, his hour had come. His hour had come. I could go to John 18 and read all the way through John 19, and there you see that Jesus Christ, His hour, had come, and it was the hour of our redemption. It was the hour of His own salvation to us. Now, as we come to an end, I want you to think about this. The third thing is, behold, the hour cometh. What hour is that? The hour of Jesus Christ's glorification. You say, well, I figured Jesus Christ was already a glorified being. He was going to be glorified by his Father which is in heaven. You know how that happened? You know, it began on the cross of Calvary when Jesus Christ lifted up his voice and he cried out, tell us die, tell us die. It is finished. It is finished. And when he said it was finished and he gave up the ghost, God the Father tore the, 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 the veil in the temple from the top to the bottom. It wasn't something that was done from the bottom up. Listen, where it could have been explained away. Listen, I want you to know that God took care of that veil. He ripped it from top to bottom. And you know what that done? That signified that, listen, the sacrificial end had been, come to pass. There shall be no more sacrifices. Jesus Christ done it once and for all, and He passed, and now God the Father has glorified Him by making sure that there'll be no more sacrifices. Listen, I know that even today, even today, they're still doing those sacrificial offerings. Think about it they 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 finally they finally got the red heifer strain. They finally got the purest the, 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 the purest, uh, the purest of, the, of the sacrifices that they can think of, the red heifer. But know this, it's not going to avail them anything. I'll tell you, is the blood of Jesus Christ as his glorified being has paid your sin debt in full. That's what avails much. In John chapter 17 and verse 1, the Bible says these words spake Jesus and lift up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Again, remember, he said, Behold, the hour cometh. And now he says this, The hour is come. Glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee. Jesus Christ's sacrificial death awarded him the fullest approval of the heavenly Father. Matthew 27, 45 through 54, you see what happened. When the temple veil was rent from top to bottom and the the great earthquake came and and the graves were opened up and, and many of the saints, the Bible says, resurrected, you know what that was a sign of? It was a sign of the glorification of Jesus Christ once and for all. Yes, the destruction of the temple veil was an absolute display of God's God the Father's satisfaction and approval of His Son. No longer was there a need for the atoning sacrifices. No longer was there a need for the Holy of Holies upon the earth. Hebrews tells us very plainly from from chapter 7 on to uh, chapter 11, I believe it is, listen, that that atoning sacrifice was done. Jesus Christ had become our high priest. He took his own blood, the sacrifice of himself, and applied it to the mercy seat in heaven. Listen, the holiest of holies. Amen. The holiest of holies. Where it really makes a difference. That blood was applied on your behalf and on my behalf. The hour had come, listen, and when he took his own blood and applied it to the mercy seat in heaven, God the Father was very satisfied. Amen. He glorified his son. Listen, the hour had come. Jesus Christ was proven to be that high priest who wholly and fully cleansed us and made us whole. Yes, the hour of his glorification had come. Behold, the hour cometh. Are you ready? Are you ready today for that hour that's going to come for you? The hour says is appointed unto every man. Listen, even us that are saved have an appointed time to meet our Maker. There's a time when the saved are going to stand before the beam of seat of Christ. Are you ready? Are you ready? You know, when I go back and I think about the Bema Seed of Christ, I'm saved by the grace of God. Amen. I know I'm saved and I know I'm heaven bound. But I wonder how many of my works are going to be burned up to ashes. You see, there's going to be a lot of tears shed there at that one spot. I dare say that every last one of us is going to have have tears to shed. I know there's men that claim that I ain't got nothing to worry about. Listen, those are men that are filled with pride and arrogance. They'll find out one day that they've done some things also that wasn't pleasing to the Lord, wasn't done in the right frame of mind and all those works are going to be burned up. We're going to stand there. We're going to, we're going to shed a tear. They have to be. But you know this. Revelation says that God's going to wipe away our tears. He's going to dry our tear ducts up. He's going to dry our eyes. There'll be no more crying in heaven. Amen. Listen. Behold, the hour cometh, child of God. Are you ready for the beam of seed of Christ? But that, let me say this. Behold, the hour cometh, lost sinner. Listen, that you're going to die just like the rich man did one day. And if you die without the Lord Jesus Christ, your end will be just like the rich man. You'll lift up your eyes being in torments. You'll be aware of day to come. And know this, that when it comes, There's not going to be any place for you to hide and nobody to hide behind. You're not going to be able to blame this old preacher. You're not going to be able to blame mom and dad or grandma and grandpa. You're not going to be able to blame the times. There's nothing there but you and God and your life. Heaven and earth flee away and there was found no place for them. Listen. Listen. Are you ready for that appointed time? If your time should come today, how would it fare thee? Behold, the hour cometh. Are you ready? Behold, the hour cometh. Are you prepared? You know how you can be prepared? Trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior today. You see, once you close your eyes in death, once, the, once the, the air leaves this old body for the last time, it's all over. It's all over. There is no retry. There is no grading on the scale or sliding scale or whatever it is. There's no grading done like that. Listen, you're going to give an account for your life as it was lived. You know what the sad thing of it is? There's going to be a lot of people giving account for why you never answered the gospel call. How many thousand times have you heard the gospel call? I've been here for over 19 years. I know every service I've gave out a gospel call. I can't, imagine, I can't begin to think about how many times I've called that gospel call. But have you refused it that many times? Behold, the hour cometh when your appointed time is going to come. Then you'll meet your maker. Look at what Jesus Christ done for you. Look at what he went through for you. How that he stood there all alone with nobody to aid him. Nobody to help him. Think about it for just a moment as, you, as, you, as you, uh, you think about Jesus Christ and his atoning death. All that was done that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Would to God today that every lost sinner in this house would come to know Jesus this very moment. I mean that is my prayer you know. That's what I pray every time I come into this pulpit. That's my prayer before church. Dear God, save every lost soul that's here. You know what? God's power is not limited. He could save every lost soul in this house right now. You know where it begins? It begins after the hearing of the gospel message. How that Jesus Christ came and died on the cross. He gave his life. He was buried and rose again the third day that you might have life and have it more abundantly. There, my friend, is the gospel. Believe and thou shalt be saved. Believe and thou shalt be saved. Let's all stand, please.